Hello and welcome back to Night Spice for episode 11. I'm Oscar here as always with Neil. Hello, Neil. Hey, Oscar. Uh, this week we are reviewing Piranesi by Susanna Clark, which is a strange book. And apparently the audio... Did you do the audiobook? I did, yeah. Apparently it's read by the operative from Serenity, so that's great. Yeah. Oh, he pronounces it Piranesi, but we can do either or both. No, let's do that. Piranesi? Yeah. I mean, it's an Italian name, so presumably there's a correct way right. to pronounce it, which isn't my way. But maybe this is like the British version of the Italian way, which maybe. I suppose is correct but, in its own sense. Yeah, let's we'll, we'll roll with it. Yep. So you want to... You want to start us off with a, uh, down the summary road? Oh, spoilers, obviously. Yes. And this is a book that just came out. Right. It's a recent you know, book. Um, yeah, I'll start us off. Three months ago? Yeah. Um, the book starts with a mystery in which a man, Piranesi, is trapped in a labyrinthian house uh, with several skeletons and another man, the other, who he treats with deference, and the other views him with contempt. Um, the, the, the reader doesn't know where what's going on right now um but that's uh makes it interesting uh, eventually it's revealed that this house is another world visitable to certain humans from our current world um and that the that that um a, a, and there's a another person called 16 because it's the 16th uh, person that the protagonist has ever met, um, where the first 15 were himself, the other, and 13 skeletons. Um, and 16 uh, comes into the world, turns out to be a police officer trying to rescue the other who was uh, sent to this world, uh, sorry, to rescue the protagonist, Piranesi, who was sent to this world by the other and promptly lost his memories while in the house. And it Turns out the house causes mental and physical degradation, um, which is perhaps why those 13 skeletons are there because they are people who died. Yeah. And some of them, I think, are even people who were murdered, it sounds like, mm -hmm. murdered and then their bodies hidden here, maybe stuff like that. Right, right. Lots of shady things. There's lots of implied shady yeah. themes. Yeah, definitely. Um do you want to take us through to the end? Yeah, sure. So Piranesi is primed to distrust this police officer, but pretty quickly comes to the realization. I, he has a journal that includes stuff from before his memory loss and is given some clues along the way by some other people he meets, finds out that the other is not really um, his friend and with the help of the policewoman recovers his own identity and then they escape the house and the other is killed in a flood. And then, well, they, they escape the other and then he decides to leave the house and return to the real world. And he doesn't seem quite sure about it. Yes. About his experiences. It seems like, uh, his, his old name was, I think Matthew Rose Sorensen uh -huh. and he's clearly a new person now. Like he's right. Piranesi. Well, yeah, he says he seems to be sort of a composite person at the end right. to, in his own minds. There's Piranesi is part of it and Matthew Rose Sorensen is part of it. And he's he's like observing both of them. But yeah, it's hard to know. That could just be the representation of 
like he's he's had sort of a bad time yeah he's uh he really had some stockholm syndrome when the other imprisoned him yeah well yeah i mean he right so so i'm sort of interested in real quick so that that's like the linear narrative of the story Mm -hmm. i just want to quickly go through and see if we're on the same page about sort of the I don't know the the temporal narrative of what actually happens to the character, which is that he oh, is yeah. uh, sort of a researcher. He's doing research on this book on this basically cult leader type guy who claims he can see into other worlds. Yeah, it leads him to Val Kettering, who is the other, who will become the other. He goes to visit him as a skeptic. Kettering says, "Hey, check this out. I'll just show you the ritual. Nothing to be worried about." because it's not real, like you don't think it's real, and then throws him into the house, capital letter, capital H house, basically because uh, Ketter, the other is looking for this ancient knowledge that he believes can be found in the house, and he recognizes Piranesi's, or, well, I guess at the time, Sorensen's abilities as a researcher, imprisons him in the house, and then sort of conditions him to be his helper in this search uh yeah yeah um, and then and i think um val ketterling didn't want to go there himself because right you mentally destabilize when you're there right so he only goes there for an hour at a time to meet up with piranesi and sort of give him instructions and do a little you know whatever quick research or, or rituals or whatever he can yes do. yeah and then he lives in the house for about five years something like that something- yeah and then the police, the policewoman begins investigating him because he's the end of a, a number of disappearances associated with this cult leader um, and visits with the cult leader, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I don't have his last name. Uh, Aaron Siles. Aaron Siles. Yeah, right. And then sort of out of spite towards Kettering, Aaron Siles teaches her how to visit the house and she begins searching it for Piranesi eventually finds him convinces him that she is friendly to him and helps him escape uh yep that that's a that's my understanding yeah of the order of the events in the order they occurred do you have any idea of why a bunch specific idea of why a bunch of nouns are capitalized uh, I mean, I read the audiobook. I listened oh, to the audiobook. Right. What, what kind of nouns, though? Maybe I could. Lots of them. I mean, the house, obviously, but, you know, in his, in Piranesi's narration, uh, you know, myself, uh, doors, windows, statues, all this stuff. Oh, um, I don't know. upsetting that you weren't. Hmm, yeah, I didn't. Weren't subjected to this. I wasn't subjected to that. That kind of sounds like, um, you know, her style, though. Yeah, like, it didn't. I I found it intriguing. It didn't yeah. make me mad, which is which is good. Yeah, I thought you were going to get mad. Um, I guess I don't know. Just hearing about it for the first time, it sounds like um, Piranesi like treated every aspect of the house as like some sacred thing. So maybe by capitalizing them, it was emphasizing that mm-hmm. these are um, not just mere windows, but like no, I a, think another character almost. True. Yeah. And and so the right so Arn Sales's theory is, which seems to be true, is that the ancient ancient civilizations had a sort of magical or like magical realism relationship with the world, 
where they could sort of influence it and they could you know turn into birds and stuff like that and then you probably you must have hated this um it's he's sort of an anti-progress technological progress kind of guy oh yeah and then then we lost the ancient magic um but this world it's kind of cool this world is the result of this the house which is these you know it's i guess we should have said it's basically a labyrinth of hall upon hall and the the bottom of the three levels is constantly being flooded by the by the sea and the top of the three levels is often full of clouds and it's this very cool i thought um environment yeah i really like the tides like it was just there all the time and it foreshadowed the end of bell ketterling who died in a flood when four tides coincided betrayed by his inflatable boat yeah (laughs) just like went to home depot and bought a boat and then yeah. came to the house. Right. So it, at the very end, he Piranesi tells him, be careful, who who through most of the book, I mean, maybe all of the present narration is this very sort of naive, friendly, you know, believes in science, but also just sort of like credulous, I guess, and 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 cheerful, helpful assistant type. Um, even at this point when he's sort of knows the other is kind of intellectually knows the other is kind of his enemy mm-hmm. feels like don't come here on thursday it's dangerous because or yeah and and the other then lures the the police officer Raphael, i think yeah sarah Raphael, sarah Raphael to to there at that time so that she'll be killed by the floods and and that's when the the dramatic like the the, the climax, conclusion of the, yeah, yeah. The climax. Exactly, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, where and even at the end, Piranesi is is trying to like call to the other to tell him to climb up the statues instead of going for the boat so that he won't be killed. So it's sort of you know, he's kind of a kind of a nice guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, especially when he turns into Piranesi. Um, right. Like Lawrence Arnsals, the the cult leader, described him as arrogant in his previous life. Um, yeah. And then there may be some truth to that, but also everyone else describes Lawrence Arnsales as like a, a twisted megalomaniac who will always do the opposite of what you want him to do. Wait, so, isn't he like always doing stuff in service to like the other world? Uh, the the like, feeling I get and like when, when he meets him in that chapter in the beginning as Piranesi is that like the, he's he's he may be right about this, but he's also very like, you know, culty I, who, who like forces his followers. He forced the, that woman to break off her relationship with her family, just sort of like, right. So he could exercise his power and all this stuff. And even when he's talking, he's always like correcting himself and saying, Oh, Kettering had this idea. Well, actually it was my idea. He stole all his ideas from me, et cetera. Like, I think there's a, I don't think he's supposed to be like a, good or i didn't get the impression that he was like a good guy in service of this actual like this correct knowledge more right. than like he had stumbled on something but he was still this really sort of twisted um you know problematic right. kind of person. I, I guess i don't think he's a good guy but i feel like he's i thought he was like the kind of guy who he wants to be known as the person who discovered the other world or rediscovered the other worlds um and Definitely. anything that is in service to that goal, no matter how reprehensible is on the table for him. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, but there's also, 
that's probably true. But I think there's also a lot of stuff he does, or it seems like that he does, that's not towards that goal. Like, I think, yeah, I think you're right about that. But mm-hmm. I think he also has other aspects where he'll just do things sort of out of spite or out of, like, he he basically tells, tries to plant in Piranesi's head the idea that he should kill Kettering. Right, right. Just sort of casually, just sort of like, hey, maybe you should kill him. I hate him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that that's fair. Yeah, I guess they're, and like, the telling that woman to stop seeing her parents seemed pretty spiteful as well. Right, and then I, I think it's pretty strongly implied that he murders a couple um, people, and and high and some of the people died in the house, but some of them, oh, interesting, um, were killed in, because the the I guess it's possible that all of those people he was just capturing and sending to the house where they died. Right, that's what but, I thought. Like he just like sent them there, and then they hmm. went crazy. I just got such a such a serial killer vibe. Right, like a serial killer cult leader vibe from a lot of stuff that that there were the people who were. I, I guess that is ambiguous. Right, definitely. Um, so, so, but but sending someone to the house and not bringing them back is is sort of the same. Right, it's basically someone. like a murder almost. Yeah, um, I saw one thing I was confused about was at the end of the book, um, the other worlds like the house um, are still considered mysterious, like. Uh, but didn't like Sarah Raphael is like a cop. She's like an official of the government. She went there. Can't she take more people there and make it like known to everyone? She uh, could, but it, it, yeah, it seems like they don't have any, she personally doesn't have any interest in doing that. Like she sort of likes the house and is sort of intrigued by it. Did, did she and say stuff about that? Maybe I missed that. She, she definitely says that, or he at the, at the end says that like she goes there by herself to visit and they go here there together um and she just enjoys like the peace and the the sort of experience i see so i guess that would be that's why she justification wanted to keep it yeah yeah right uh and maybe it, it has some of it, it does seem that everyone who goes there ends up to some degree being sort of captivated by it right right even, right. even james ritter who is basically imprisoned there then basically just wants to get back there. Right. Or, uh, um, yeah. And, and Piranesi takes him back there at the end, right? Yes, but just to visit. Right. Because um, it's his house. <laughs> well, yeah. And he doesn't want to be providing for this guy constantly. I think. Yeah. But who knows? Um, right. It's, it's kind of the end, right? Left ambiguous. Right. I, I just want to say I'm so glad. I'm so... So there are two, two moments where I was worried about the direction i i thought this book was was really cool yeah um no no full spoilers but i thought it was really yeah so just just as an example let me like every number is capitalized the flood is capitalized walls waves every cardinal direction is capitalized um i followed him and hid myself in a niche near the door myself niche and door are all so I think you're you're probably right. It's like physical elements of the house that and so the thing is the the this ancient mode of thought that sort of imbued the 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 physical world with I don't know agency and reality was correct at the time. That's sort of the premise of the story. Like this magical atmosphere really did happen 
And so in the house, in a way, Piranesi is not crazy. Like he is correct. He is in a world where that stuff is still true. So he's not wrong to be imbuing everything around him with all this. Like right. he talks to the birds and he gets uh, like he sort of communicates with them to a degree. And it seems like that's not him being mentally disturbed by staying in the house. That's just actually what is going on. Right. Um, that makes sense. Now I can't remember what I was looking for or what we were talking about, but it's it's probably fine. Right. Um Oh, oh right. The two things where I was where I was worried. The first one was at the beginning, very early and I was like, Oh God, please don't tell me that this that Piranesi is just um, you know, he's crazy and the other is his therapist. Oh, that's yeah, where that'd I be thought bad. it was going. It'd be like Lathe of Heaven, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, when when he makes the decision to leave with the with um, the policewoman, I was really, I thought it was going to end with then together we walked into the corridor and I was going to be sort of let down by that. And I was really glad it had the epilogue. With the, the corridor chapter. as in like, to back, back to the real world or right yeah back to the real world just sort of like that would have left it so ambiguous to me i, I don't know right. it would have felt sort of like a cop-out yeah the, the epilogue was very necessary um what's sorry say that again the, the epilogue was necessary yeah it, it reminds me of that red shirts book um where it would be a much worse book without its codas but i guess that book was much worse than, than this one yeah i don't i mean i was not a fan i don't remember what you yeah i don't remember either <laughs> well there's there's oh we can go back and listen to our old episode yeah quick question for you um what was the deal with the beggar in the real world being a oh well one thing we forgot to mention is that this house is full of statues that depict all sorts of um, interesting scenes and things that don't exist in the house um and one of them is uh of a king and piranesi finds this king in our world and he's a beggar in our world. So what do, you, what do you think that what that's about? Well, so my understanding of the statues, and this didn't always, like if this if this had been set 10 years further in the future, I think it, all, it would have made sense to me this way. But it seems to be suggested that the statues are of things that have vanished from our world. So there is a statue, there are a statue of minotaurs right. and of fawns but also but there's also like a woman with a beehive and if this was 10 years in the future i could see it being like oh like you know how bees are all sick and dying now oh now bees are something that are or maybe it's things that are vanishing because Arn sales says as sort of an aside maybe right now there are statues being constructed deep in the house of like um ancient like old models of computers which is sort of suggests that that the house is constantly expanding with stuff that is um you know leaving modern civilization yeah so i i wasn't totally sure what to make of that either at the end um i think yeah yeah it it it, i'd have to think about that more but yeah it is it is like one of the Le- and then it's it's almost the last image of the book and it's i don't know it's it's suggesting that also there's the woman who passes him with two children and he recognizes recognizes the two children 
with a, a recorder as a statue of a two children with a flute in the house. Um, and I'm not sure. I, yeah. I'll have to think about that more. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know that maybe there's nothing there or it was like just kind of vague. Um, it could have just, yeah, it could have just been some vague thematic illusion. I mean, the old, the old man um, who that, that could be sort of a, a connection of like in this world where all the magic is gone, you are old and broken and down and bitter. And in this other world where the magic has gone to, you would have been a king. Right. So, yeah. But that doesn't line up as well with the children, so I'm not sure. Right. I'm kind of glad the book wasn't set there 10 years in the future. Like, mm. uh, I feel like if it turns out that bees don't die out, this book would just, like, not age well. Like, Yeah, that's true. So I, th- I think um, I'm glad that it was contemporary. And maybe it still won't age well, but at least it seems like there's no obviously wrong things in it. Right. Um, so one, okay, let me get to two complaints. Sure. I have a complaint as well. Another okay. One. Well, we'll, we'll stagger them. So yeah. I'll, my first complaint is that I was, this is like really what I think the other one's pretty minor and, but this, this is the only thing that while I was reading it, I was like, oh, I wish this wasn't here, which was that the cult leader was also a gay man who sort of serial killer style um you know imprisons and and etc like younger men which is such a it's so unimportant to the story and it's such like a trope and it's such a nasty such a nasty trope that i just wished it wasn't in there Um, right but it makes him seem worse like it goes into making his character seem like kind of negative in the ways you were talking earlier. Like he, it he, does. He's worse than just like wanting to advance this theory. Definitely. I just, that specific characterization kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. Like, because, you know, if, if he had been, um, imprisoning, et cetera, I, I think et cetera makes it seem more sinister than it really was, but it was pretty sinister, like imprisoning and sort of power play, over it and it, it had been you know college-aged women mm-hmm. he would have been sort of irredeemably evil i think in the eyes of most readers so it's it's this sort of like i think it's sort of i don't know i i find it troubling that it's just like oh well he's i don't know it it we don't have to go too far into it but it just it was like why why was this necessary there, I mean, he was plenty abusive, um, and he was he was certainly disappearing people with who who sort of annoyed him or disagreed with him already. He was already being sort of emotionally abusive to to his followers already. Right. So it just felt sort of gratuitous in a way where that that felt sort of uncool. Yeah, I, I that sounds reasonable. Um, yeah. I was okay with it, but I can see where you're coming yeah. from. Uh, your turn. Right. Um, I felt like, I think this is a minor complaint, but like, I felt like, like, uh, Ketterling and Raphael weren't very well fleshed out as characters. Mm. 
I don't think this is it was necessary to flesh them out. Um, but like uh, Piranesi is clearly cl- clearly has a personality, and right, even like Lawrence Arnsals does to some degree. Um, but like I, I couldn't understand like Ketterling's motivations for uh, doing what he was doing. He just wants some like like Fountain of Youth style knowledge, um, and he's willing to do whatever he can to get it. Um, he's just like evil for the sake of being evil. Um, I don't know. Do, do you have any opinions on him? Um, it, it wasn't that well fleshed out, but I was sort of all right with it because, um, you know, you're getting it all from his his perspective. Uh, perspective yeah. so it felt sort of natural but i i agree particularly Raphael gets very little yeah per, almost no personality time other than that piranesi likes piranesi likes her which is almost <laughs> like he's so credulous and sort of good-natured in that persona that it almost means nothing like he yeah. also likes the other and is and the other is sort of clearly huh, uh like even in the beginning it's pretty clear that the other is not really his friend. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it felt like Raphael was just like a, a robot. I don't know. Like she didn't have a personality of her own. She was just like a generic police officer. Right. Um, and it, maybe it would have been, <clears throat> maybe it would have been sort of ham-handed to try and jam in a bunch of context for her. Like even even as it was, the story is kind of reaching to fill in backstory through his journal where he has journal entries on himself. Yeah. Um, where I guess like he's clearly a bit of a, an obsessive detail-y person, but to, to put index journal entries on your own life into your journal is, is a little strange. I mean, I, I can't understand it. Yeah. But <laughs> even you, even you, yours is crazy in a slightly different way. Yeah, you don't write it as if it's an encyclopedia entry. Oh, maybe I should. Uh, maybe that would be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it turns out really well for for him. So. Right, right. Th- there was a time where I was like, "Oh, I'm going to start having encyclopedia entries of all the people I know," and then I didn't do that for very long. Hmm, that's good for our, our readers. I I kept a journal from 2006 to 2019. Oh, yeah, including all the murders. Yeah. Um, I was just. Uh, looking something up real quick one of the reasons i think the the arn sales thing bothered me other than just sort of generally thinking it's kind of a cheap trick like i just saw the exact same thing when i was watching justified and the villain and i think season three robert quarles is like this you know sinister smiling blonde businessman who's very amoral and like in the background he also just like is 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 capturing young male prostitutes and like tying them up and abusing them so he was like i don't know it's just the the thing the reason i find it distasteful is that like it seems like by making him gay it 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 makes it sort of less real like i was like if it was women it would be like oh this guy needs to go to jail and die immediately but by putting it in this sort of you know oh this is this subculture and God knows what goes on in there. It it sort of makes it like, oh, he's just a weirdo. Um, so, but isn't that like your interpretation? Like maybe definitely. some people think uh, he should be killed for seducing these sure. young people. Well, uh, he probably should be killed, right? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. And I, I don't want to dwell on it. I just 
Um, like it almost, he's not at all described physically the same way, but it, it like gave me flashbacks to the, the appearance of that character. I so see. It was yeah. Kind of, kind of weird. Um, but maybe it's the kind of thing that you'll think is normally bad, bad in a normal way in like 20 years or something. Yeah, maybe. Or like your kids um, will or something uh, or the next generation. Oh, the next maybe, generation. Maybe, maybe we're just, uh, we were, we were born into a world where that seems strange. Um, um yeah your, your second complaint oh yes my second complaint was just that there i i think the the book has a really um any book like this there aren't that many books like this but any book that has an uh an unreliable narrator but the narrator is also sort of credulous in the way that we've been describing it's a really really delicate balance of the reader not being annoyed that the narrator isn't figuring things out. Right. And for the most part, I think she did it. Susanna Clark did it really well. There was a middle period after he meets um, Lawrence Arn Sales where he was, where I started to get that feeling of like, like he was, he was trying to, in his sort of amateur scientific method kind of way, trying to come up with, theories for to explain all this new knowledge and was sort of conspicuously avoiding any of the options that would actually lead him to the answer and failing to make connections between um you know things the prophet had said that seemed incredibly obvious right um and that feeling went away after probably a dozen pages but there was a moment where i think she lost that balance yeah i think you're right like he um he, before, like he was figuring out things as fast as the reader, but you're, you're right. There's a time where the reader is probably definitely ahead of him. Um, yeah, and and the I think the beginning works because he has or works better because the reader has so little information. But right. then Lawrence Aaron Sales shows up and set, basically tells him a lot of important information in conversational English. And then the reader has all of that all of a sudden. Right. And Piranesi is still just sort of scrabbling around with his own incomplete knowledge. But um, I think, it, oh, sorry. No, it didn't. It didn't. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to stop reading. I was just right. like, oh, I hope this tightens up. And it did. I mean, one reason why I think it might be okay is like, we have context of the real world where Piranesi doesn't. Um, so maybe that's kind of why he's a bit slower than the reader at this point. Yep, definitely. Um, shall we have the big reveal? Yeah. What, what did you think in terms of star rating? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to So you've already decided your star rating, right? Yes. And I, okay. I can't change it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it uh five stars. Wow. <laughs> I think that might be the first five star book for me. I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think this book did a really good job of progressing the storyline um, it had a very interesting world, and at least the main character and Lawrence Arnsals are very interesting characters. Um, I liked uh, all the tides in the house and how it contributed to the climax. There's like no Deus Ex Machina moment; uh, everything made sense, and the book was really cool. Uh, your turn. I am going to give it four stars, which of course means I really liked it, which is quite good. Um, I. I was really happy the whole time I was reading it. Other than little moments, 
I thought it as soon as it started. So we haven't rated it, but to me, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is a one star book where I was just like, this oh. should, this, this is, this is her only other book 16 years ago, I think. Yes. Yeah. And it, to me, it was just so padded and unedited and unstructured and nothing but endless sort of self-indulgence in writing this, I don't know, Dickensian kind of prose with all these characters who talk in this incredibly, you know, overwrought way and nothing ever happens. And maybe it's a satire on how in real life nothing happens or I don't know. But I thought that book was really bad. But that was the book as a whole. And as soon as I heard that this book was like 200 something pages, 272 says mm -hmm. Wikipedia, although I guess it depends on the edition, obviously. But I was like, okay, I'm really intrigued because there was cool stuff in Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. I just thought as a book, it was like unenjoyable. Right. Um, like um, could not be enjoyed. But Yeah, this, this book is definitely like a, a very tight version of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Um, I mean, not, it's not the same book, but it's like... It, they're similar themes and it, it feels much uh, yeah. more put together and like every word counts for the most part. Every event matters. And and Piranesi himself is such a more engaging narrator than these two sort of like unpleasant, you know, middle class magicians who just sort of like drift around being unpleasant to each other. I don't know. Um, and, and he has a goal and he has a mystery and he has an interesting... The house is a fascinating place. Um, I'm getting meowed at. I don't understand why. Um, by by cats, not by people. Um, yeah. So I thought, as soon as it started, I was I was like, I mean, I, you probably didn't have the exact same experience because you didn't get to go down capital letters lane like I did. Um, but. When the moon rose in the third northern hall, I went to the ninth vestibule to witness the joining of three tides. That's a, you know, that's a pretty good sentence. And that's, that's not even, and the subheading for this chapter is entry for the first day of the fifth month in the year, the albatross came to the Southwestern halls. Like that's good stuff. And yeah. like the first chapter is basically just physical description, but it's really intriguing physical description of this house and, and all these statues and there are tides of water sweeping through, which is, that doesn't usually happen in houses. Like, yeah, very, very interesting. And I, the only reason I wouldn't, I, there were times where I was thinking it where I was like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be a five-star book. That's so crazy. Yeah. The only reason it didn't quite have the depth I was looking for. And that was kind of why I wanted to recap the sort of straightforward, like actual story of what happened. I mean, it's, it's in terms of actual reveals about sort of the nature of things, it seemed a little, I mean, it's basically just, he is imprisoned semi-arbitrarily and then events occur that sort of disturb his amnesia. And he, he, he even discovers his own identity, rediscovers his own identity because someone asks, she says, are, sends him a message saying, are you Matthew Rose Sorensen? And his name triggers. So it just felt like, it didn't quite have the the complexity and the the density of books of most of the books that I think are really five star books. I see, but it was close. I mean, yeah. I I was 
So if there were half stars, you might. Maybe, but then I would go to jail. So. Right, right. Um, um, yeah. Like we read, we've read other books together, not for this yet, although we could review them. Like uh, the 15 Lives of Harry August. I think oh, yeah, that is a good one. I was like, this is exciting. This is cool. The ending's a bit of a letdown, maybe, relative to the rest of the story. But I did not, but that, it wasn't cool. Like that probably would have been a three-star book for me if, if we were doing that. Whereas like, I had a good time. This was pretty spicy. It was a little uneven. But this, I like, had a coolness to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It was good. Really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and, and the narrator in the audiobook was also very excellent. Uh, yeah, well, he's got a great voice. Yeah. He's a cool guy. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he was perfect for Piranesi. Yeah. Does he do voices, voices? No, no, just just okay. barely, just a little bit. It's not even like the Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell um, narrator. Like that guy does more voices than this one. Okay. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this has to get nominated for a Hugo. I would. Oh think. yeah, I, I think I it will probably be the winner. Actually, um, like especially yeah. since as we discussed last time, this the winner is based on fan ratings, and I'm sure, like people, there's lots of people who love Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, and like this it's book a, is objectively good. Dark dark world yeah i mean it's a good book that's a good book too that's why yeah i'm saying dark world yeah um yeah we should get michael on here and review that book sometimes oh yeah yeah he can join you should have joined for this one i guess yeah that would have been good but uh next time think of it (laughs) unless we um re-record i guess or the michael petrie addendum yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh but he's such a psycho all right anyway um yeah. Any any final thoughts? Um, I think I've. Oh, I guess we have to pick another book, but that's nothing oh, else God. for this one. Oh God! Yeah. Let's. Well, let's let's do that quietly in the background. Um, I I do like this has got to be the first book, first vaguely contemporary book that I've read that I was sort of found exciting. Yes. Like, and that's crazy to me. Like. I don't know. I mean, one of the reasons we're doing this is because I'm trying to read more. And I think maybe, at least for my choices, I'm going to start trying to pick more stuff that is contemporary because I don't want to just pick books that I know I like and authors I know I like, and they're all from 40 years ago or 60 years ago at this point. Um, But yeah, one of the points, like I liked, we, we haven't reviewed this, but I liked the, the, the British dragon book, his majesty's dragon. But that, oh, right. that was like the most, the, the slightest, it's like a little adventure with no, it certainly doesn't have density or. or right, right. I, I didn't enjoy it, um, but yeah. I think I was driving across the country while listening and I was mm. perhaps too focused on the road. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm scanning through this list. I mean, I, I, I got sort of turned off of contemporary stuff, so it's not like I've read a ton. But I, you know, I'm four stories into this, the most recent edition of fantasy and science fiction, the short stories that I signed oh, up cool. for. Nothing yet. I mean, it's only four stories. Oh, that's crazy. I'm just, yeah. Are there no like exciting new authors? If if people know, they should tell us. Right. Um, so are you planning on picking the book? That's or, a good question. Who picked the last one? Well, technically it was you, but I okay. kind of forced you to pick it. So if you want to actually pick a book, <laughs> you no, can. No, no, no. Go for it. Um, just let's do something we haven't read. That's okay. my only 
so I, I have a book picked out. Um, I haven't read it, and I don't. Hopefully, you haven't read it. Um, it's from nineteen the nineteen eighty one Hugo Award winner, The okay. Snow Queen by Joan D. Vinge. Okay, sure. Yeah, um, it's you know forty years old, but that's yeah. I know uh, we, we can pick a. I can choose another yeah, book at random. I'll try and find some recommendations for some contemporary stuff. Okay, so, so for next okay. time we can do that. The Snow Queen by Joan D. Vinge. Got it. Yep. Cool. Okay. So four and five stars. This is a great day. Yeah. If we did half stars, that would average to 4.5 stars. Yes. Well, maybe the final rating can be half stars. Or do you think it should average to five stars because we're rounding up? I think it's probably better to not do average ratings anyway. Just like we'll just put both of them. Not that we put them anywhere. Um, Well, for the Metacritic rating. But okay. Yes, it would be a four and a half stars or really nine out of 10. So. Yeah, that. Hmm. Okay, uh, cool. So we have our book, we have our ratings. Mm-hmm. I, you know, people should read this. It's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then I will see you in two weeks. Yep. I'll see you, Oscar.